0: That's what's been weird about. Um, uh, that was what's been weird about uh, this entire situation. Hello, Kevin Brown. What's weird about this situation is, hold on, sure. Can you bring that screen forward a little bit? I got too much of a little bit. There we go. That looks so nice. Had to get the screen straightened up for the YouTubers. And hello to everybody listening on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. That um, uh, this has become more of a job now than it was before. So what I did for all these years has pretty much been like a job because I, I produce and promote shows uh, and I also uh, teach uh, workshops and all that. It requires a massive amount of admin and um, uh, scheduling and promotion and publicity and, and uh, hiring. And uh, uh, I, I had a pretty good handle on all of it. And when this happened, and even though um, we're more confined it's become even more of a, um, I don't want to say it's a pain in the butt because I thank God I get to do it. So uh, this has become more of a job than it was uh, before, but that's okay. I'm i am happy that I get an opportunity to do it. Yesterday, after the show, I applied for my Small Business Administration PayPal Protection Act loan. And um, I'll be honest with you, almost always when I'm dealing with Something at that level with the government, uh, be it a uh, uh, income taxes, health insurance, uh, uh, anything at all uh, having to do with the government, I always um, hire someone to uh, help me do it because it is a labyrinth, a labyrinth, a labyrinth. It's a nightmare. It's Kafka esque uh, the way they put things together. And I spent three hours yesterday, and I have no idea if I did it right. I have no idea if I did it wrong. I have no idea if the uh, documents I sent are the uh, proper documents. But it was a little frustrating because they told me how much I could possibly be eligible for. It's not a lot. It's a lot for me, you know, but it's not a lot. But when you know that $349 billion uh, got burnt up in no time at all with the first round of funding and that almost no self-employed people, small LLCs, independent contractors, got any of that money, yeah. If I was going to allow myself to get angry, it would make me a little angry. But I can't be angry. I got to walk in faith, and that's what I'm doing. So I filled it out yesterday. The weird thing was my bank, uh, I'm not going to say the name of my bank, but uh, if you think about a place where you get water and um, a movie by the Coen brothers, you know the name of my uh, bank. A place where you get water and a a movie by the Coen brothers, and you know the name of my bank. Uh, they were not ready to take applications from people like me until um, uh, until oh, the funding was gone. <laughs> Last Thursday night at 11 o'clock, I got a notice, you are now we are now ready to take your application. Friday, evening, the money's all gone. Great big chains got it. Big corporations got it. They found a way to do it. They all got their money. They have accountants, and they have attorneys, and uh, they're used to doing this. But for those of us, for the uh, yoga instructor, for the uh, guy who has his own pest control business, for the guy who has his own lawn care business, for the uh, person, for the piano teacher, for the comedy workshop teacher, uh, they left us pretty much out in the cold uh, until it was almost too late. Now, we can hope that they'll continue to fund it and that we will be able to access some of it. They'll throw us a couple of crumbs. So, anyway, that's what I did yesterday. Uh, but we had a great show yesterday. Um, uh, it, was a, um, it was a double special show because I, uh, I think I showed you um, – no, maybe it was Saturday night. I showed you a bobblehead. I got another bobblehead, Paul Goldschmidt. Goldie, that's what I used to call him if you listen to an Arizona Diamondbacks uh, radio broadcast a couple years ago. Coming to the plate, Goldie, he's batting two ninety-eight. doing pretty good so far in this game. He's got one hit and one – and one uh, something or other. <laughs> uh, so I got cool stuff to show you today. This is gonna be fun. You guys need a kick out of this. Let me get to it right away. All right. So uh, what is this? Well, it's a football. I can see that. It is a football. There you go, YouTubers. You see, it's a football. Not only that, but it's an autographed football. It's a. Uh, uh... <laughs> Tim lost his tax time telling me you're out of money. There was a joke my father wrote for me years ago that I still do to this uh, day. I go, the IRS called, called me and go, you have our money. And I said, I looked all over for it. I can't find it. I wanted to check the racetrack. I think I dropped it there. Uh, anyway, this football is a very cool football, okay? It's just a regular Wilson NFL, uh, and it's got a bunch of signatures on it, okay? But one of the signatures, there's a Kansas City Chief. There's a Buffalo Bill. I forget where I got this, some sort of big thing. But one of the names, one of the names on here is Dan Minucci. Dan Minucci is, of course, um, there you go, and he's running through. Dan Minucci is, of course, a uh, regular sportscaster, uh, sports uh, uh, personality on radio here in the Greater Phoenix area. A great guy, someone I used to spend a lot of time with. I was on his show for a while on AM 1070, Rockin' Minuoch, where I called in once a week as Uncle Tony with Uncle Tony's picks, and I pick winners, and I told you, uh, from I picked them from an undisclosed location at a rest stop somewhere outside of Cherry Hill, New Jersey, with my wife, Cheryl, that was actually the wife. Cheryl, go fix me some sausages, I gotta do the radio here with uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle, Rocky and Mnuch. There was a show I did every day, and the Clippers were terrible back then, and now he's picked the Clippers, la- uh, the last pick was Clippers. And it's going to be tonight, the Clippers against the Bulls. Go Clippers by 40. It's a walk. Um, Jim Perry says, what did the receivers say to the football? Catch you later. <laughs> hey, okay. Um, Dan Minucci. Okay. He is a great uh, uh, sports radio personality here in Phoenix. He played in the NFL, but you know what he played in? And you know what makes this special? Dan Minucci was a replacement. He was a replacement. You know, there's that movie, The Replacements, with uh, uh, Canal Reeves. Uh, And it's about when the uh, NFL players went on strike many years ago. And the owners hired a bunch of lesser players, or players that didn't make the initial cut, uh, to replace them. And they were known as the replacements. And I forget how many games they played, but there was replacement ball. Dan Minucci, who had played in the NFL, I believe, for a brief period of time, but at the time wasn't, was a replacement. I have an autographed replacement football. Autographed replacement football. How many of you can say that? I'll tell you how many of you right now. None of you. None of you. You might be able to have. You might be able to have an autographed Led Zeppelin poster. You might be able to have an autographed Fleetwood Mac uh, uh, poster. Uh, you might be able to have an autographed Ozzy Smith baseball or an autographed Bob Gibson baseball card. They're common. But how many of you have a football autograph by one of the people who will go down in history, in NFL history, as a replacement player? Okay? Dan also played for someone else. He played for, uh, Dan I can't really tell, the Bills. I think he played for the Bills, too. All right, but uh, pretty cool football. Hold on, I'm going to throw it to Shirley right here. Hooyah! <laughs> I'm going to hand it off to Shirley here. So it's, uh, Look at that, guys. Cool. All right, so I'm proud of that because I like Dan Minucci. He's a great guy, you know, and uh, there's a couple of guys I know who are a little embarrassed by their careers. It was always weird. Uh, I, I know Dave Krieg. I might have some Dave Krieg autograph stuff here. Uh, great Seattle um, Seahawks quarterback, who I saw lose at the uh, uh, Coliseum in L.A. to the Raiders in the 80s when the Raiders went on to the uh, Super Bowl. Uh, Diane Howell says, I have an autographed Fritz shoulder poster, and I like it. (laughs) Uh, And I got to know Dave many years later, and uh, that game always bothered him. He goes, I I didn't do it. I go, you, I go, there was 100,000 of us. 80 or 100,000 of us there watching that game. You were playing the game. You were playing the game. We were watching. You were playing. That's something none of us could do. He goes, yeah, but I didn't make it to the big show. So that's, I guess, the mindset of a great athlete. Now, same thing with Dan Minucci. Yes, he was a replacement, and people can make fun of that. But he got to play in the NFL. He played, and he was a good player. He was a good player. All right? So that's our autograph for the day. Dan Minucci. Okay? Rockin' Minucci. I don't know if that show's still on the air But if it is, you should listen to it because he's a good guy. Shall we get to the records I'm going to recommend? Shall we do that? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Tim Lawson says you only have one ball. No, Tim, I got like, um, how many balls do I have, Cheryl? 40? Like what? I got 20 balls, Tim Lawson. I got 20 balls. Uh, Paul Whitney says I got a Wade Phillips autograph ball. You know what? That's cool. That's very cool. I like to hear that. I like to hear that let's see um all right let's get to the music i once again a shout out to my daughter uh yesterday was her birthday and uh one of the tough things about right now is that i was not able to hop on a plane fly to los angeles and be with her on her birthday um that was hard okay uh but she's doing fine okay she's doing great uh her roommates she has roommates she is uh, quarantined with roommates. Threw a birthday party for her. yesterday. I saw the pictures. And I, through, um, not Facebook Live, but I, yesterday, through Facebook Messenger, threw a little birthday party for her right here in the house. So um, I wore a party hat, and I even had it set up where I had a cake for her, and I told her, one, two, three, blow, and she blew. Shirley, like, blew this way and blew it out. So that was kind of cool. And uh, I put my cheek to the phone, and uh, she kissed my cheek, and I did the same to her. So, uh, happy birthday to you, my darling little girl, who's now a a wonderful grown-up lady. We talked about that yesterday. What I didn't talk about yesterday, which I'm going to talk about before I get to the records, is uh, April April 19th, uh, separate from my uh, personal journey, although part of my personal journey, that um, I owned a comedy club in Oklahoma City in the 90s. I owned a comedy club when the Murrah building was bombed. And people, and when it happened, I was in Los Angeles, I had a partner, I was in Los Angeles and I flew back the next day, I flew to Oklahoma the next day. And everybody in that city was stunned because everybody, uh, if they weren't directly affected, they knew somebody who was, there was like two degrees of separation in the entire city, a heartbroken city, a broken city. Uh, and we didn't know what to do. We obviously didn't open that night. We didn't open the next night. We went, let's open the doors and see what happens because um, a lot of things get put on hold during a crisis, but uh, oftentimes the water bill and the electric bill and all those other things will get on hold, and the people that work for you, uh, they have bills. And we opened up the doors, and that first weekend, people came out. And the following weekend, even more people came out. And for months, the place was packed, and at first, we couldn't figure out why. I thought, wow, with all this tragedy, why are they listening to comedy? We felt guilty about doing it at first. And then we realized something. Because I told all the comics, you don't talk about it. Just don't talk about it. Do your act. Don't talk about it. You're not from here. This is very much a from here thing, man. Don't. I go, I'm not even talking about it. Because even though I own the club, I'm not from here. We discovered that our comedy club was the only place in Oklahoma City where people weren't talking about it. Yes, it needed to be talked about. It needed to be dealt with. Grief had to be handled. But one of the ways it was handled was by having a place where it wasn't talked about. Preachers were talking about it from the pulpit. Saw someone in the grocery store, they were talking about it. If you were being quiet, you heard someone in the next aisle talking about it. The news was talking about it. The radio was talking about it. Everybody was talking about it, but at our club, Joker's Comedy Club, no one was talking about it. And it gave them that resp- respite. It gave them that break. And they laughed, and God did they laugh. All right? So when people ask me why I do what I do now, why am I continuing on? Why am I pressing on? You know, I got to be honest with you, just to get a little, I could probably just uh, uh, cash some things out, collect my unemployment, and and ride it out in my pool all summer and see what happens. But I'm not going to do that because that's not what I do. I do this. Okay? I do this. I do this show every day for me as much as I do it for you but I do it for you I do my workshops because it's something that I know how to do and something that makes me feel good doing okay and I put on shows and if I can't put them on live I'll put them on a zoom and if I can't put them on zoom I'll put them on the internet if I can't put them on the internet I'll shout them from the rooftops okay but but I'm not gonna quit and you know what and neither are you you're not gonna quit either None of you're gonna quit. We're gonna continue on. You're gonna be watching. Uh, I'm doing a test run tonight of uh, how I'll be able to do these uh, paid shows, where you'll be able to see some of the best comics in Phoenix and throughout the nation, uh, and I'll be able to pay them because Lord knows so many comics are not being paid right now. Figure out a way to get them paid, okay? And uh, you'll be hearing about that. And uh, once again, if you ever thought about doing stand-up comedy tomorrow night, Tuesday night, six p.m., uh, I am doing a Zoom beginning workshop. It's five workshops, five Tuesdays. It's only $1.99. Go to comedyschools.com to sign up. Uh, got a new advanced class starting Wednesday night. Wednesday night. And once again, if you um, want to join that class, all you got to do is go to comedyschools.com, register, pay at PayPal. You'll get your uh, link. You'll get your Zoom code, and uh, you'll be part of that. Doing a show, the next class clown show, May 22nd. All right. that's, uh, That's the advertisement, for lack of a better term. Now let's get to the music. One of my all-time favorites right here. Here we go. Jim Lacey, you'll love this. <coughs> what is that? What is that? What is that? That's. It's a simple white cover with a Capitol Records logo at the bottom, a little tiny logo right there. And it says, The Band, and it's made up out of trees. And it is the best of The Band, one of the greatest – Musical groups of the entire 70s was a group called The Band. Robbie Robertson, Rick Danko, Garth Hudson, Levon Helm, Richard Manuel. Oh, God, yes. Oh, you talk about, you talk about a band that, whose music was brand new but sounded like it'd been around forever. Uh, it touched you in that deep part of the river of your soul. If you don't know this group, go back and listen to them. If you only hear them every once in a while on the radio... Jim Lazy says, I got fired from Sears for asking him to go to the show in Dallas. They said no, and I went anyway. I saw the band at least twice. I saw them with Bob Dylan in 1974, and then I saw them a couple years later at a giant, drunken, bacchanal, uh, outdoor, mud stomp music festival at Chuck Berry's Farm. Dylan and the band, I was going to miss that. Uh uh-uh, uh, not. Yeah, so we all saw that one. On this Best Of album, uh, or uh, the great song, Up on Cripple Creek. Uh, It Makes No Difference, Uh, The Weight, Stage Fright, The Shape I'm In, Life is a Carnival, and of course, The Night, They Drove Old Dixie Down. Uh, The band did not start out as a hit-making record machine themselves. They were a background in writers. They started out backing up a guy from Canada named Ronnie Hawkins. They were Ronnie Hawkins and the Hawks. Bob Dylan saw them and hired him to tour with them hired him hired them to tour with him and they kept going uh you know it's bob dylan that band the band you know bob dylan in the band because bob dylan had been a solo artist kind of previous to that um kind of a cool thing was when they went to england and the band was his backup band levon helm didn't go but a guy and i can't remember his name remember, you remember his name jim a guy who uh, later on went on to become an actor and did things like rockford files and stuff and always played a fat biker Uh, sat in and played the drums. Uh, Gosh darn it, I can't remember his name. Anyway, they were his backup band. Then they put out their seminal album, Music from the Big Pink. And uh, my God, were they a force to be reckoned with all the way up through their 1976, The Last Waltz movie. If you're looking for something to watch and you want to see so many of the great icons of the 60s and 70s coming together at the peak of their power and then quickly beginning to Dissemble. Uh, watch um, The Last Waltz, directed by Martin Scorsese. It features the band, Bob Dylan, Eric Clapton, Van Morrison, Joni Mitchell, uh, so many more. Uh, Emmylou Harris, a stunning piece of work. So please, especially during these times, uh, if you've got an old band album, an album by the band, get it out and play it. You got an old CD, get out and play it. Get quiet inside and listen. Okay, it will, fill, it will fill you up in wonderful ways. If you've never listened to them before, you YouTube them and start with, start with uh, The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down and work your way through. And you see what incredible, the incredible, spooky, haunting, been here forever sound uh, of the band uh, will stay with me forever. Um, it's one of those uh, types of uh, bands that when Shirley and I are in the car and we're driving along, if that song comes on whatever station we're on, we stop talking, even though we've heard the song a thousand times, turn it up and listen. Music by the band. Okay, second album we're going to recommend. Second artist we're going to recommend. There you go. There you go. Everybody see that? That's a pretty lady? Yes, it is. Okay, who is that pretty lady? That pretty lady is none other then miss Lou Harris. And if you don't know, know Lou Harris, you are missing out. This is one of the great voices. Lou Harris, the, uh, I just grabbed this album. I have several of hers. Roses in the Snow. Uh, let's see what was on here. Roses in the Snow, Wayfaring Stranger, which is an ancient folk tune. Uh, Green Pastures, another one. The Boxer, she does a, she does a, uh, brings tears of joy to your heart version of uh, uh, Simon O'Gard Garfunkel's the box, uh, Boxer. Uh, the Darkest Hour is Just Before the Dawn by great bluegrass player Ralph Stanley. Um, what else is on here? Uh, uh, Gold Watch and Chain by A.P. Carter, who was uh, the Booyah Mac Daddy of the Carter family, one of the founders of modern country music. So if you don't know Emmy Lou, I don't know what to do. Google Emmy Lou Harris, listen to Emmy Lou Harris. She has been not in the forefront, but deep in the cut of American music now for over 40 years. She was, uh, uh, she accompanied Graham Parsons on some of his great solo stuff. Did great work with Dolly Parton and Linda Ronstadt in the 70s. It is the voice of an angel, made incarnate. Okay, she's an older lady now with white gray hair, okay, and a little bent over, but when she plays, oh my lord, she sings like a bird. I am doing you a favor, my friends. I am giving you a gift. And that gift is the music of Emmy Lou Harris, if you don't know it. Go and listen. You will love it. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. I got all. I'm giving you a gift, friends. <laughs> Sorry about that. Boy, I tell you what, that boy, he get, that boy Tony, sometimes what happens to him is he gets all uh, caught up in his words and he goes flying off. He don't even know what's coming out of his mouth. He just sit there and all of a sudden he's thinking he's a preacher or something. He ain't no preacher, I'll tell you that. He ain't no preacher. He's a, just a, I don't know what the hell he is. Maybe he was a hippie at one time or a Kermedian. He balloon something loony to do Now he just sits in the house up there and talks to his phone. That's all that boy Tony does now. Is he sits in a chair. And he talks not in his phone to Okay. All right, I'm going to wrap it up for today. <laughs> I showed you my autographed football that replaces Dan Minucci, great guy. Check him out. Uh, yeah, put his name in any search engine, find out about him. Uh, listen to the music of the band. Listen to Emmy Lou Harris. Uh, I have given you a gift. When you listen to her, close your eyes, and you'll feel like you are someplace far away, sitting on a screened-in porch on a cool yet humid summer night, near a river where, where water's going over a dam and there's wind rustling through the trees and you'll feel that rustic part of you, that American part of you, the real America, okay, which are the people who feel deep in the cut, as do I, as do you. All right, we're wrapping up for today. Thanks for popping on. We will be back tomorrow at 2 p.m. with announcements and as Chuck Beres, you see on the Gong Show, more stuff. Thank you for listening. My name is Tony Vizek. Your name is whatever you want it to be. Bye bye. I speak tonight Bye-bye, for the YouTubers. dignity of man and the destiny of the man.